and the smoke of their torment ascendeth up forever and ever. And they have no rest day nor night who worship the beast and his image and whosoever receiveth the mark of his name. Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors, and their works do follow them. Revelations 14, verses 11 to 13. All right, welcome once more to the Legion of Michael, and I'm your host, Paul Markle, and thank you for joining me. Thank you for being out there. Thank you for leaving a review. If you have not left a review of this show, and if you have not shared it with someone else, at least one other person, my question to you is, why? Why have you not left a review? You're listening, right? It costs you nothing, right? Leave a review, you freak. Uh, And also, if you're listening to this on your mobile phone, which 95% of you probably are, maybe 98% of you, there's a little thing on your your player, whether it is iTunes or Stitcher or whatever. Uh, What's that one? Spotify. Spotify. There's a little up arrow, and you can share it. You can share it with other people. So do that. All right. Today's topic... The patience of a saint. Now, you probably, if you're like me, you probably grew up hearing the term the patience of a saint, or maybe your parents said to you that you could test or you try or you would try the patience of a saint or you could test the patience of a saint. That was a good thing. They were telling you you were testing their patience. And you may have wondered. You may have wondered, maybe you hadn't, I don't know. Where did that term, patience of a saint, come from? Well, it comes from the Bible, like many, many, many other phrases that we use in our lives, such as the writing on the wall and so forth. Uh, chapter, or I'm sorry, chapter 14, verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Yes, indeed. The patience of a saint. Sometimes it's hard to be patient. Is it not? Yes. It is often very hard to be patient. We are told that patience is a virtue. And you say, yeah, well, we're told that. And just like the patience of a saint, where does the term patience is a virtue come from? From where does it originate? (laughs) Oh, I'm about to tell you in case it well, if you're a smart guy, you know, and if you're a gun person, you might know a man's insight gives him patience and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Proverbs 1911. That's right. 
A man's insight gives him patience, and his virtue is to overlook an offense. Well, look at that. A Bible verse where patience and virtue are used in the same sentence. Solomon was saying it's good to have patience, and it is a virtue to overlook an offense, right? To overlook an offense. That is, uh, that's where the turn the other cheek comes from. Now, some people will say that you shouldn't carry a gun, right? You shouldn't carry a gun because judgment or, or is the Lord's and vengeance is the Lord's and it's not yours to take vengeance. And one of the other things that people like to, remember we talked about the Christian browsers and about the browsers who just grab a couple of verses out of the Bible and try and use those to convince you that you should change your ways or, or listen to them. And they'll say, well, Christ said, turn the other cheek, offer to him the other. But if someone strikes you on the cheek, that's, is that an attack? Are they attacking you? Is that a physical assault? Is someone trying to beat you into the ground, trying to kill you, maim you, knock you unconscious? You say, well, um, a slap, I mean, unless it's one of those great big Russian slap contest guys. No, a slap, a slap in the face is not an assault. It's not an attack. A slap in the face is an insult. And so what Christ is saying is, just take it. It's an insult. You'll survive. And if they want to insult you one more time, then insult you. Let them insult you another time. That's his virtue is to overlook an offense. They're insulting you. A slap in the face is an insult. Christ didn't say, allow strangers to beat you down into an oblivion or into unconsciousness or beat you into coma. Christ didn't say, let the criminal robber thug kill you. No, he didn't. He didn't. That's just an insult. And we are advised to take it with a grain of salt, what have you, and move on. Now, there are those who would tell you that patience is a virtue, or they would use the terms patience of a saint, meaning that you have to put up with everything and anything that the unfaithful, that the disciples of Satan say and do, right? So if, if evil people or anti-Christians or, you know, whatever, agnostics and atheists or liberal Democrats attack you, and as, well, as a good, faithful Christian, you just have to put up with it. You have to put your head down and be quiet and allow them to assault you. You have to put up with it until the end of your days. Really? Is that how we're taught? in the Bible? Is that what we're taught in the Bible? That we must be patient all the time? Or is there a limit to patience? Say, "Mm, no, there's, there's no limit to patience, Paul. There is absolutely no limit to patience. You can allow people to abuse you, to mock you. You can allow people to uh, do anything they want, and you just have to take it. Because patience is a virtue, so said Solomon. 
Is that true? And is that the example that we're given? One and I don't I don't I didn't actually plan on uh, talking about this, but the Holy Spirit just implanted this into my brain. Do you know why Goliath had to die? Like, yeah, because you know David went out there and hit him with the stone. No, but why did David? Or I'm sorry, why did well why did David take on Goliath? Why did God send his servant David to take out Goliath. Now Goliath died. Okay, he didn't he didn't, you know, David didn't just hit him with a stone and Goliath said, "Ow, stop." And and he ran away. No, he died. He became word form food. He became food for the ravens and the crows. Because Goliath went up in front of his army and mocked the God of Israel. Yes. Goliath went out in front of, if you go back and you read, you can go back and read, it's Old Testament. Goliath the giant was so proud of himself and so haughty and so arrogant and so self-assured that he went out and stood in front of his army and he stood, uh, well, facing the armies of Israel and he mocked them, and he mocked their God. And so God sent his servant David to make an example of Goliath. Now you say, if, if you follow the, the patience as a virtue and the virtue of a saint, then what should have happened is, is they should have just took it. You know, the, the men of Israel, and, and God should have just taken it. He should have just taken, no, sometimes God's patience runs out and he sends his servants to make corrections. He sent his servant David to make a correction. And God said of David, here is a man after my own heart. Now, how about Christ Jesus, our perfect example? Were there times when he ran out of patience? Jesus displayed a lot of patience in the New Testament. If you read the Gospels, when, when he went out to pray uh, and he came back and the disciples were asleep and he woke them up and he said, hey guys, I asked you to watch with me for just a little while and you couldn't do that. Stay awake and watch with me. And they said, okay, we will. And then... He went away to went off a little bit and he prayed fervently and he came back and they were asleep again. And he said, ah, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak, right? He had patience with them. And there were many times, do you remember when the disciples were arguing over who was the greatest amongst them? And he had to, Christ had to take a deep breath. He's like, okay, knuckleheads. You don't. You kind of miss the point. You don't need to appoint a greatest among you. But he had patience with them, right? He did. He had patience with them, and he had patience with a. He even sometimes had patience with the Pharisees and Sadducees and so forth. But you may recall in the book of Matthew in chapter twelve when the Pharisees came to Christ and they're like, "Well, we we want to believe you," or. Or if, if you want us to believe you, you need to give us a sign. And of course, what he didn't say at that moment in time was, 
venture forth and fornicate yourself. I don't owe you anything. <laughs> but he said this to them in uh, chapter 12, verses 41 and 42. He's speaking to the Pharisees who asked for a sign. They're like, well, we, we kind of want to believe you, or if you want us to believe you, you need to give us a sign. Of course, and this is after Christ had performed innumerable miracles, raising the dead, healing the sick, you know, the lame, the lepers, the, the deaf, the blind, and so forth. Uh, he had done all this up to this point, and they still said, can we have a sign? But in uh, verse 41, he sa- uh, Christ says to them, the men of Nineveh will stand at judgment with this generation and condemn it. He's talking to them. He's talking to the Pharisees, to the Jews in Israel who refuse to believe. And it continues this, For they repented at the preaching of Jonah, and now one greater than Jonah is here. And he goes on, and he continues. He says, The queen of the south will rise at the judgment with this generation and condemn it. For she came from the ends of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And now one greater than Solomon is here. And yet, and when, and the, so no sign shall be given. And he goes on to say, nope, not going to give you a sign. You've already been given your chance. Holy heck. <laughs> oh, he might have said, what the Farfignugan, Pharisees and Sadducees? How many signs do you want? How many prophets did we send you? Elijah, Elisha, Jeremiah, Nehemiah, Malachi. We sent you all these prophets. And that's just a few. Daniel and, and so on and so forth. And you're like, yeah, okay, yeah, but, but, but we want one more. No, you don't get any more. That's it. No more signs. And who is the queen of the south? The queen of the south was the queen of Sheba who heard the tales of the wisdom of Solomon and traveled a great distance to be there and to question Solomon, this this queen of Sheba. Now, there are two schools of thought where Sheba was. Some people say, some historians say that it was on the southernmost tip of of the Arabian Peninsula, way down by where Yemen and Oman and United Arab Emirates, way down there at the bottom, basically the the bottom uh, of the Red Sea area and so forth. That's where some people say that Sheba uh, was. And other people say that the land of Sheba was actually in the current country of Ethiopia. Now, if you look at a map, you're like, well, there's a big body of water there, and there's the Arabian Peninsula, and then there's Ethiopia in Africa. So that's you know either way. But the Queen of Sheba heard of the wisdom of Solomon, and she got into a caravan, and she trekked all the way up to Israel to question Solomon, to, to pose questions to him, because she didn't believe that there could be a man who was so wise. And he answered, God gave him the answer to all of her questions. And she saw how wise he was. And she gave him great gifts and so on and so forth. That is what Christ is. When he says the queen of the south will arise in judgment with this generation and condemn it. Because she was a doubter 
and she repented. The people of Nineveh were bad, were doubters, they were sinners. They were sent a prophet, Jonah, and they repented. And so Christ tells the Pharisees, he's telling them, you know, I'm out, here's the deal. He didn't say it in these exact words, but he was his patience, God's patience, the son of God's patience, was essentially exhausted with them. You say, oh, well, that's just one example. <laughs> oh, you know better than that. Going back to Deuteronomy, the Old Testament. That's right, Deuteronomy chapter 20, verses 16 to 18. And this is the, uh, the word of God. It says, however, in the cities of the nations that the Lord your God is giving you, he's speaking to the Israelites, as an inheritance, because remember, you sent him into Canaan, and he said, I'm giving you the promised land. However, in the city of the nations that the Lord your God is giving you as an inheritance, you must not leave alive anything that breathes, for you must devote or you must devote them to complete destruction. The Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Perizzites, Hivites, and Jebusites, as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that they cannot teach you to do all the detestable things that they do for their gods, and so cause you to sin against the Lord your God. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I, I believe we've discussed this previously about when God gave uh, the promised land to the children of Israel. He did He did two things. He was actually fulfilling two things. Uh, in giving them the promised land, that was what he promised them. He promised he was going to give them their own country, right? He, they were slaves in bondage in, in, in uh, Egypt for, you know, hundreds of years. And then he brought them out of Egypt. And, of course, they screwed up. And they had to wander in the desert, but he's like, I promised, you know, Abraham, and I promised Moses, and I promised Aaron, and I, you know, I promised your fathers that I would give you this. And he, and he sent them there to the promised land. But there were people living there that were heathen. There were heathen people with heathen gods. And if you look, if you do your historical searching, you'll find that they committed awful, horrible atrocities that they sacrificed children to their gods, that these gods that they had made with their own hands, their false idols. They were not good people. They were bad people. They were people who had stepped away from the ways of God. They didn't even acknowledge God their father. They made gods, you know, they made their own gods. They were so convinced that they were, that they were smarter than God Yahweh the father. They made up their own gods, and they even went so far as to sacrifice children to these gods. And so Israel was God's instrument of punishment for their 
heathen ways, for their evil ways. And so in this situation, God had essentially run out of patience with the Hittites, Amorites, Canaanites, Pezites, Hivites, and Jebusites. Perizzites, Perizzites, and Hevites, and Jebusites. God had run out. They had uh, run his patience all the way out. He said, all right, here's the deal. And that's pretty seriously hardcore when he says, you must not leave alive anything that breathes. It's pretty hardcore. Are there times for patience? Should we pray to God for patience? Absolutely, we should. Absolutely, we should. We should have patience with those who insult us or who offer offense to us. We should do that. We should have patience with the ignorant. But just because Solomon and Christ and, well, and... uh, John in the book of Revelations say here is the patience of the saints and patience is a virtue just because that we are commanded to have patience does not mean that we should allow those of the world the minions of Satan the disciples of Satan to overturn our faith to condemn our faith to insult our God God will not be mocked. Our God will not be mocked. And you should not have patience for those who mock our God. There's a difference between someone insulting you personally and someone insulting or mocking your God. And there may be a time, and I do not know when this is going to be, because I do not have the plan. God has the plan. And I believe his plan for me right now is to be behind this black microphone, this black carbon steel microphone speaking these words to you. But there will be a time when God's patience has been exhausted. Read the book of Malachi. If you have not, it is a very short book. I believe it only has four chapters. And it comes right before the New Testament. Read the book of Malachi. Patience is a virtue, but patience is also limited. Pray for patience. Ask God to give you patience. And when you have attempted to deliver the message, when you have reached out, there are sometimes you're going to reach out to people, you're going to deliver the message to them, and they are going to reject it. And then you come back and you deliver it again, and they continually reject it. And at some point in time, you need to say, you are in the hands of God now because I've tried to do it. I've given you the word. I've given you the message. I have given you my patience, and you've thrown it in the garbage. You've thrown it back in my face. You don't want it. Now, I'm going to take my time, my energy, and my effort, and I'm going to devote it to people who deserve it. We cannot use our our energy and our time to continuously hammer on those who refuse the message. Sometimes you need to park your patience and say, all right, I gave you the word, I love you, but I'm leaving now. If you want to fix yourself, come find me. 
Sometimes you just need to park it and move on. And there are times when God will use you as his instrument. I do not know when that time is going to come for you. I don't know when it's going to, well, I know what's going on with me right now. There's lots of examples. And if someone says to you, you have to allow the, the people of this world, the men of this world, worldly people, disciples of Satan, because this world is the home of Satan. If you don't believe it, well, you're not reading enough of your Bible. There are times when those people are going to reject you. They're going to insult you. They're going to mock your God. And there's times to have patience. And then there's times not to have patience. It's kind of like Ecclesiastes. What do you mean Ecclesiastes? Ecclesiastes 3, a time for everything under heaven. Every single thing. And if you don't remember that, it's the birds turned it into a song. <laughs> and I don't know about you guys, see, well, if, if you're young, you may not know. If you're young, you may not know about uh, the song, Turn, 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 uh, by the birds. But Ecclesiastes 3, and Ecclesiastes 3 is very famous. I, personally, I have a hard time reading Ecclesiastes chapter 3 without singing it in my head because I was raised on that song. If you're a young person, you probably weren't. But remember, there's there's time for peace and patience, and then there's time not. Solomon, the wisest person that God ever put on this earth, said in chapter 3 in Ecclesiastes, there is a time for everything and a season for every activity under the heavens. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to uproot. A time to kill and a time to heal. A time to tear down and a time to build up. A time to weep and a time to laugh. A time to mourn and a time to dance. A time to scatter stones and a time to gather them. A time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing. A time to search and a time to give up. A time to keep and a time to throw away. A time to tear and a time to mend. A time to be silent and a time to speak. A time of love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. There is a time for patience. And then there is a time for patience to be exhausted. For now... Pray for patience, but understand that even though patience is a virtue, it does not mean that you have to allow the disciples of Satan to beat you down and to mock and insult your God. Ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and as always, we're going to close out with a warrior's prayer. I hope that every single one of you listening to the sound of my voice has taken advantage of the Legion of Michael training program. In case you'd, I didn't mention it enough earlier, there is an actual Legion of Michael training program. It is a church security uh, and safety program that we do via distance learning. You can enroll and get involved in it. Just go to legionofmichael.com. Yes, indeed, legionofmichael.com. All right, let us close out this week with the warrior's prayer. 
Lord, I come before you seeking the strength and skill to overcome my enemies. Grant me, I pray, the wisdom to recognize evil, the courage to confront it, and the strength to destroy it. In Jesus' name I pray this. Amen. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.